Hello, everybody, and welcome to the newest edition of Hella Good Movie Pod. Welcome, everybody. I'm excited. I'm excited, but I also feel like this movie is kind of, I don't know, I, I, I'm interested to know your thoughts on this movie. Yeah. So let's introduce the movie. What, Cassie, this was your week to choose a movie to watch, <laughs> and your choice was? Okay, first I have to say, I was, like, super excited about this movie (laughs) because I love this genre. Yes, you do. And I had been looking forward to watching this movie the first time I saw the trailer, like, I think a couple months ago. Um, But the movie's called Malignant. Yeah. This is from uh, director James Wan, who has brought us such films as The Conjuring. Yes. The Conjuring 2, 3, 4. Yes. Uh, yeah. Annabelle, I mean, just... I think Saw. Movies, the Saw, Saw movies. I think was his first one. Um, so I feel like this already kind of sets up the vibe. Yeah. That this movie is going to have, so... Yep, exactly. Uh, so like you said, we chose Malignant. And for those of you who might not know what it's about, it's... Basically, this woman who's paralyzed by fear from shocking visions. And her torment starts to worsen as she discovers that her waking dreams are actually terrifying realities. Wow. And just so you know, the like cover or like the movie poster is just like her on her side with like her eye huge as can be like terrified. Yeah, like you want to know what the hell is she looking at? What's happening? What is happening? Yeah. But before we dig into the movie, what'd you do this weekend? Anything fun? You know, I feel like as I've been adulting now for quite some time, (laughs) (laughs) like I'm I'm, like, my weekends are not fun and exciting. Like, I I mean, I went to Costco. That was the highlight of my weekend. And let me tell you that the amount of people that were in Costco is freaking oh, ridiculous. Yeah. Forget about it on the weekends. It's yes. in a madhouse. Let me tell you this. So Costco opens at 10, right? Okay. So my fiance and I were like, okay, we're going to get breakfast. Yep. And then we're going to go to Costco. We go to breakfast around nine, came out an hour later. It was like 10... 16 or something like that and we had eaten in a restaurant that was literally right next door to or across the way but like in the same shopping center as Costco okay and there was like maybe five cars when we went into the restaurant come out of the restaurant an hour later pandemonium oh god no parking and like literally it's like having to do battle to get through (laughs) Oh, God. The aisles of Costco and just having to just get around. It's literally yeah, Game of Thrones type It stuff. really is. It's like I can't even go to Costco on the weekends if I don't have to because it just is so insane. It is yeah. crazy. And, like, I feel like it's worse because <laughs> they brought back, like, the free samples. And so now oh, you have, like, yes. people waiting for the yep. samples, but they're blocking the aisle. So rude. 
Is there like anything like specifically you go there for that you're like love so much? One thing that I'm really like anytime I go to Costco now, I'm like, okay, what new dairy free or vegan stuff do they have? Uh, Okay. And it's like hunting, trying to find like the new, new stuff. Okay. But here's a question for you. When you are going to, when you get there and you find something new that you haven't tried before, do you take the risk? Because I mean, Costco is usually a bulk size. So yes. How do you determine what you're going to go for knowing you might not like it and you just bought like 20 packs of it? One thing that I've been lucky with is the the dairy-free stuff that I've gotten has not been like bulk in that way. Oh, good. Okay. It might be like where, you know, you can cook it for dinner and maybe have it for leftovers the next day. Oh, but okay. it, it, it's not like packages of things. Oh, okay. I feel like, though, you really have to, you know, put on your battle gear, you know, you got to be ready to throw down. You do. Your comfortable shoes, uh, because you don't know where you're parking and walking, and there's a lot. Yeah, you may need to bring in that shank. You (laughs) never know what's going to go down. (laughs) Oh, the tales of Costco. I know. What did you do? We, what did we do? We went uh, for a nice hike. Oh, where'd up, you guys go? We we actually did a hike you know very well. Um, oh. Up by Chabot Space and Science Center in Oakland, yes. California. Yes. You remember doing that hike with me like on our lunch break or after yeah. work when we both worked there. Yeah. It's so, so pretty. Like, oh. So pretty. And the weather was like tolerable there. Not as hot as it is here. Nice. Um, so it was nice. So we usually do that. And then we like reward ourselves with uh, Starbucks after. And it was delicious and refreshing. Oh my God. What did you get to drink at Starbucks? Are you a pumpkin spice kind no. of cow? No. I only like pumpkin in pie form. I agree. I-, I-, I can't drink it. I can't have it in cereal. I can't have it. Like what other, I've seen it in so many different forms now. Cream cheese. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, really? Creamer, bagels. Yes. Yes. Bagels. Any Definitely. kind of breads. Like, really, people? I, I just want a classic slice of cake. I mean, pie with a big hunk of Cool Whip on it. Oh, man. Yeah. It sounds really good, actually. Donnie actually ordered a pumpkin spice latte not too long ago. And I was like, oh, okay, so you're a basic bitch now. <laughs> and how did he like that <laughs> he snapped his fingers and was like hey I said alright he's just gonna he's taking that on <laughs> I love it <laughs> two snaps and a twist two snaps uh, and a twist <laughs> did you try it when he got it though I did try it because I was curious yeah. I've never tried one before uh, it's not my thing yeah it tasted like just watered down pumpkin light flavor. Yeah, not no. interested. No. no, no. I just got my, um, I got an iced chai tea latte, oat milk, cinnamon powder on top. Oh, yes. You, you haven't tried it yet, have you? I have not. I told you to try it next I'm time. I'm chicken. I am chicken. You're going to like it. Trust me. I know you're going to like it. Okay. okay. I will make it my goal. This that week. sometime this week, I'm going to try it. Try it. 
and then immediately call me and tell me. I know you're going to like it. I just have a feeling. Oh, man. Did you guys do anything else? um, We also watched, for the first time with Oliver, this could have been a very bad parenting choice. Um, And if it is, then I blame my husband. But (laughs) because he insisted that Oliver was ready, he's about to be 12, to watch Kill Bill. Whoa. Yes. Okay. So we watched Kill Bill. Kill Bill Volume 1. All right. And how did Oliver like it? Okay. Here's thing number one. A couple of scenes we obviously had to fast forward through. Uh, just because they were not appropriate. Like, where do you remember where, like, the the male nurse is like, let's guys pay him to come in and, like, have sex oh. with her when she's in the coma? Yes, yes. Okay. So skip through that. Um, and there were, like, maybe one or two other scenes that we skipped about. But half the time, Oliver was, like, bored. What? He was actually bored. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. He's There's... like, this is cringy. Yeah, and there's so much going on in that movie to be bored. The only, like, obviously he liked it when, like, the action scenes pick up. But in between, when she's, like, in the truck trying to get her foot to move, he was like, this is so boring and her feet are so gross. And then, (laughs) like, that's what he's picking up on. And then when she's, like, waiting to get the sword made for her, he's like, what is this? This is so boring. Get to the action. I'm like, wow. Oh, speaking of that scene, do you know that the guy who makes the sword for her just passed away recently? Did he? And it was from COVID. No. Yeah, he was 80, 80 something. I can't remember. Okay. I don't remember if it was from COVID or he had COVID and had underlying issues. And that's like kind of what tipped tipped him over but covid related well he's like a super famous uh martial arts guy yes he's a legend yeah Yeah. oh my god i did not put that together but now that's sad i know sorry he was so funny in that movie like yelling at the like chef guy in the back anyway i know i know so that rounded out our um our evening so that was a good Saturday. We had a really good day. And now, you know, Sundays are like reset days to get ready for the week. But let's get down and dirty on Malignant. Yeah. I think let's get to the movie. I think it's time. I think it's time. And I think I should start by telling everyone that Cassie and I both always shared a love of scary movies. And then that love started to turn sour for me. <laughs> <laughs> And I stopped watching scary movies. Like, but I think that was because your husband. Yeah. One, he hates them. So he would never watch them with me. And then two, because he travels a lot. I just didn't like being scared anymore. I don't know why. Call me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so I just stopped watching them. And, but yet, and, and you have always loved them and you, Anything that comes out that's scary, I know you're going to see it. Yes, it is true. Whether they're bad or not, I'm going to yeah, watch it. Yeah, you're going to watch it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a chance. That's right. And so when you told me this was the movie of your choosing, 
I said, okay, but I haven't seen a scary movie in over five years. <laughs> this is going to take some time for me to watch. I'm not going to make it through an all one sitting. And how long did it take you to watch? Okay, I, I watched it in three parts, three times. I had to watch, stop it and watch it. Not, not because I was scared necessarily, but because just like, I was trying to only watch it during certain times of the day. (laughs) (laughs) And so like when I, when I started watching it, I was texting with you. I actually was watching it out on my back porch in the daytime. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But anyway, so before we get into that, you mentioned the director, which was James Wan. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fun fact about him. Do you know that he is from Australia? What? Yes. And he's the first Australian director to have a film make over a billion dollars at the box office. So his films have made over a billion dollars total. Like, that's crazy. But also, his work is is really, really good. I mean, Saw, we've never had a scary movie like that before. Yeah. And, you know, The Conjuring, where it's, you know, based off the Warrens' stories or, you know, what's happened to them in the past. And, you know, the fact that it it hits on real life a little bit, you know, I think that does something to you, right? I mean, that makes it even more scary to think that that's what they went through. Oh, so you're saying The Conjuring is, like, based off something true? Yes. So... The Conjuring movies, because uh, they're multiple now, um, right. are all based on the Warrens. And they were, I, she was a psychic and he was a demonologist. And in she, real life? Yes. Those are real and, jobs. Yes. This is what they did. <laughs> oh my God. The husband, and I'm sorry, I, I can't remember their first names. Um, okay. But I think he was a professor or something. And anytime, like, the movies start, it seems like it starts with, you know, him kind of talking to a group of people. And so I wasn't sure if he taught or what he did. Gotcha. Um, but this is what they did in real life. They they went to homes that were haunted. And I use that in air quotes. Gotcha. Uh, and, you know, the people who live in these homes are, have, you know, they're kind of just at their wits end. They don't know what else to do or who else to turn to. So they contact the Warrens and then they'll come out and do an investigation and kind of go from there. So gotcha. each, each Conjuring movie is one of their cases that they worked on. I see. Okay. And... Um, Annabelle is also based off of one of their cases and they actually have the real Annabelle doll in their museum, which is in their Ooh. home. <laughs> yeah. Very it's, interesting. I Yeah. Okay. I mean, we could do a whole episode on them because they've lived a very interesting uh, life and just their jobs alone is very interesting. How do you get into, you know, becoming a demonologist? Is that something when you're a little kid, you're like, I want to, you know, 
Like, do exorcisms. Yeah. What do I want to study? Oh yeah. Demons. That's yeah. it. That's what I want to do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, you know, uh, maybe at one point in the future, we'll have a whole thing about. Oh God. The that means I'll have to watch it though. I don't know. <laughs> now that I know it's like based on something true. Now I really don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and also I think we have to take the movies with a grain of salt because For they're sure. going to make it. 10 times scarier than for sure but you know i don't know and i don't want to make assumptions on that and what they went through so okay well thank you for that little tidbit on the old (laughs) background of james wan's movies Uh, (laughs) but let's get into it so this movie is set to be it's set in seattle washington Mm -hmm. and but it was actually filmed in la by the way the whole thing really yep Filmed in L.A., but creepy Seattle backdrop, as usual. Yes. And I have to say, I think throughout the movie, there were really cool camera angles that were used. Like, whether it was, like, drones where it was, like, up above. Yeah. Or, like, just the panning of the city or, you know, whatever. Um, And even that fighting scene at the end, just the camera angles that they were using was really really cool yeah okay let's open up the movie the movie starts of course it's like a stormy night at some like creepy hospital <laughs> it's like a, the classic start of a, a, a horror movie yeah right and it's, yeah I, yeah so we start the movie in 1993 yeah and like you said we're we come up against this huge crazy intimidating looking uh hospital we first meet dr florence weaver and she's trying to start this video of her current case that she's working on Mm -hmm. and then things take a little turn yeah then all of a sudden like like we have a code red down the hall and like (laughs) the patient's like going crazy and so she gets up and runs down the hall and like all the other uh what would you call them like staff nurses doctors yeah exactly all of the above are like outside this room and you're not sure what's happening no but some s- are dead huh so i said some are dead on the floor some are dead on the floor and you're like then she tries to like say oh get the gun to like shoot take him down so she's using the word him and you're like what is happening then whatever's inside has like superpowers like of strength and kills like another like full-grown man with yeah but not just like kill like i mean we're talking that scene where the security guard tries (laughs) to like open the door and he's trying to like hold the gun and open the door and then as soon as his arm is in there it just broken and you see like yeah the bone cut like just severed in half and it was actually really a good way to start I was like whoa okay what's in here so then Dr. Weaver ends up being able to pull up the gun which we quickly realize I think is like a tranquilizer gun exactly and shoots the patient inside and then like then everything relaxes and 
then they dr weaver along with another doctor walk into the room this is where she says strap him into the chair yes so strap and, him. yeah i'm sorry but i i wanted to interrupt because here when i first saw this part i was like okay i know what's happening did you think anything when you saw that they were saying he and like, they were wearing purple socks with yeah with pandas on it yep yeah <laughs> that was my first clue that the first thing that like kind of trigger like okay wait she's saying he but i'm seeing girl socks now that doesn't necessarily mean anything but no, just have really good style yep but that definitely was like huh i feel like that's something i need to remember exactly and then um we learn that gabriel has gained the ability to control electricity and he can transmit his thoughts via radio. And um, I think one of the doctors, I think his name is Victor Fields. He was like, oh, my God, he speaks. He's broadcasting his thoughts. Yeah. So to be clear, Gabriel is what Dr. Weaver calls the patient that's now in a chair, but on the other side of a very uh, opaque wall. Yeah, so, and you kind of see him. Yep. But you don't at the same time. I just remember the arms. Yeah, he has like T-Rex arms. Like, <laughs> I think that's why he's really angry. Yeah, he's like, who did this to me? Uh, <laughs> he's like, I want a hug. You'll be I angry can't. too. but you can tell it's not it doesn't look human yeah so you so then you're like okay it's some kind of like extraterrestrial thing like what am i seeing here yes and then dr weaver says it's time we cut out the cancer dun 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 hence the word for the movie malignant uh yeah I know. And then, you know, the credits continue to kind of roll for the movie. And then we see the doctors like kind of cutting away and removing parts, but we don't get a full glimpse as to exactly what they're removing. Right. Yeah. We don't know what's being cut away from what, but we know like they're doing a surgery. Exactly. And then magically, it's 28 years later. 28 years later. And that's when we meet Maddie, who's a grown woman. And she comes home from a hard day at work, you know? And she's pregnant, looking very tired. And And then she comes home to Derek, her husband. Yep. Who, can I just say, as soon as I saw him... I wanted to punch him in the face. He just had that aura about him. Like, yes. Loser douchebag. I mean, he's sitting in the middle of the day in his bedroom, like watching TV loudly. And he's clearly like one of those guys. Yeah. That's just not very caring about his wife. No. And so she comes in, she's tired. She's like, can I have the bed? I want to, you know, rest. And she turns the TV off and then he gets pissed off. 
Yep. And there's a couple of things. I mean, just his whole character sucks. But there was a couple of things that he had said that I was like, wow, that's like such a low blow to say. And he said, maybe you need to stop getting pregnant. How Mm -hmm. many times do I need to watch my children die inside of you? Yeah. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. So we then as a as a uh, viewer, now we know, okay, she's been pregnant before. She's been having miscarriages. And clearly she's with someone who may be abusive. Yeah, it's like in because he's starting to stand up and kind of get in her face and be like very confrontational and hurtful and getting kind of scary. And she also says, you know, Derek, you can't, you can't do this again. Right. That kind of solidifies it a little more that we know that he has done something in the past to hurt her. Yep. Their physical, emotional, you know. And we find this out for sure about 20 seconds later. Yeah. When he gets angry with her and decides he's going to push her extremely hard into the wall like her skull goes like into the wall hard and you can kind of like the sound effects on that were actually really good because it felt really real like the sound mm-hmm. of the skull kind of crunching yes Ugh. yeah I know that and, uh, yeah. throughout is is very like chilling yeah throughout the movie but yeah so and of course, I mean, what does he do right after he hurts her? He's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm going to get some ice. So yeah. he runs downstairs to get ice. And the first thing she does is she gets herself up and she locks herself in the bedroom. And then she just is basically leaning against the door, having a good cry. And we see that not only the spot where she was thrown into the wall by him, but the door both have blood. So she's bleeding out of the back of her head. And she knows this. She's feeling the blood. She's free, kind of panicking, but she's not even thinking to go like the hospital or anything like that. Yeah. And tell me why. Why yeah. did she not go? She she just came from a job, I'm assuming because she's wearing scrubs, that she is a nurse of some kind or works maybe in a hospital setting. She could work at a vet clinic. <laughs> she could, but even then, you see things you know. I Still. feel like common sense. The first, you know, something like that happens, you want to go get your head checked out. Yeah, but that wouldn't make for a fun movie. So it would make for a very short movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so she's going to decide not to do that. Instead, she's going to decide to crawl into bed. And go to sleep. Yes. And so. Because that's what every good person should do after they have a head injury is go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so now it's dark. It's nighttime. Uh, we see Derek sleeping on the couch. And off, I believe it's in the kitchen. He yeah. Is, is that your cat? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry guys it is my cat and he's basically saying like I think I want to eat now <laughs> so bear with me if it doesn't stop I'll 
stop him. <laughs> God. Um, I just wanted to say hello to Thanks. everybody. Um, so he this is a very me. raw podcast. I mean, yes. he was very raw. <laughs> oh, um, God. So he hears a noise in the kitchen. Yep. He slowly starts to walk towards there. And of course, everything's pitch black. Nobody can turn on a light to see what's going on. Um, But he makes his way into the kitchen. And then he hears that it's the blender that's going off. Yep. So he turns it off. And then as he turns it off and he starts to kind of turn back around, the refrigerator door just kind of opens up. Yep. Now, let me tell you this. If that happened to me... Well, first I would pee my pants and then I would get the F out of there. These people, I feel like, spend too much time trying to search for what's going on instead of just leaving. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure if I came upon even the blender going on its own in the middle of the night, I would be out of there in about two seconds. It's time to move. Time to move. Uh, I'm out. I have to tell you this because it just happened. It actually happened on Friday and it was kind of scary to me. I had, I think I had some kind of paranormal experience in my apartment. Okay. What happened? So just really quickly. So I'm working at my desk and I, my desk is in our living room. So it's like my desk and then our couch and then our TV against the wall. And I will use my phone and watch like TV just to kind of sometimes pass the day. Yeah. Um, instead of turning on the TV. Okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm typing something up. I think it was an email and I'm, you know, I have my phone going with a a show. I forgot what I was watching, but then all of a sudden, my TV turns on. Ooh. My what? TV. Yes. Oh, my God. It turns on. And I'm like, what the hell? So I turn it off. And literally, not even a minute later, it turned back on again. What? So within, like, a five-minute period, I had to turn off the TV, like, seven or eight times. What? Yes. Oh my god, that's creepy. Okay. Second thing on Friday <laughs> is I did have the TV on this time because I was doing a workout video. I don't know exactly what happened or how it happened, but every so often within this video, it would just automatically fast forward. <laughs> Like, by how many, like, seconds? It would be, like, 10 seconds. But it would be, like, 10 seconds, 10 seconds, and then it would play. So then I would have to go back. It would fast forward that 20 seconds. That is creepy. And then it would stop. And then maybe another, like, 10 minutes, it would do it again. And it happened like two or three times. Oh my God. What was possessing your television that day? I don't know. Like, what was someone trying to tell you? 
I don't know, but I've had some weird things happen before too. There'll be times where we'll smell cigarette smoke. Oh, okay. In our apartment, and we think that it might be Donnie's father. Okay. So I don't know, kind of creepy. It may not be paranormal at all, but just creepy. Wow, that is creepy. I'm glad you did not tell me that story before <laughs> watching this movie. <laughs> all right. So. Okay, so that guy is like, yeah, he's at the fridge door. Door's open. Yes. And then he closes the door, walks back to, oh, no, no. He starts to walk back, and then the TV turns on all of a sudden. Yeah. So he walks back to the living room and turns on the, oh, no. He gets to the (laughs) living room with the TV turned on, and he sees, like, this dark, like, shadow figure sitting on his couch kind of like watching TV. He sees this dark shadow figure sitting on the couch watching TV. He turns on the light. Nothing there. And I think to me, one of the best scenes in this movie happens right after that. Uh So there's a close-up on the couch cushion. And all of a sudden, you see it kind of rise up like someone just got out of the seat. Yep. But there's nobody there. Yep. Yeah. I didn't like I, it. Yeah. And I, I think it, this time he turns off the light again. But I think at this point we see that this kind of shadow figure is like right behind him. Yeah. And he turns out the light. And then. Things don't end well for him. Yeah. He gets his neck broken. Yeah. By this like shadowy figure and... that like just smashes him against boom the yeah the wall and I think he I don't even know how he does it but somehow like his head is literally like not even attached the neck yeah I don't know why that was so hard to think of the neck it's okay I know yes uh and then it's like we cut back upstairs to Maddie, who's sleeping soundly in her bed. Mm-hmm. And then she wakes up. I can't remember. Did she hear a noise or did she just wake up? I think she just woke up. Like she Me woke too. up. Okay. And she I think the back of her head, because it, it's hurting. Yeah. I'm assuming. And she notices that she's bleeding still. Yep. She gets up. She decides she's going to leave the room. And she's going to start walking downstairs. She's kind of looking like, oh, God, where's Derek? Like, what's happening? You know, is he in the other room? You could tell she's kind of, like, keeping an eye out for him. Mm-hmm. So she's coming down the stairs. And she discovers Derek's body. Derek's body. Yep. And she sees the dark figure. To me, this was the creepiest scene. When, when that dark figure is behind the chair... You know, and then he, like, crawls up and over it. Oh, yeah. I yeah. don't like that. That, that really scared me. Uh, and then, basically, he's just chasing her all over the house. Yep. And she gets to her bedroom. She tries... The nursery. The nursery. Oh, is it the nursery? She, yep, she uh, runs in the nursery. And then she, like, tries to close the door. She can't because the shadow figure is like on the other side like pushing the door and then the figure manages to 
push the door so hard that then she falls onto the floor and I think hits her head again. Yep. Hits her head again. And then, and she's out. And, she's and out. the way, the way she sounds when she falls on the ground is like, not good. Like, you know, instantly, at least I thought I did. Okay. She lost the baby again. Cause she falls so hard. Yes. And the way she kind of, she hits her like belly and then her head. Mm-hmm. So the next scene is basically cops are at the house and you're like, oh my God, what, how did the cops know? But they're like walking in saying the neighbors called because they heard some screaming. They see that uh, Derek's dead and that she had been in the nursery, but she's now at the hospital. Um, and her sister, Sydney, is by her side. Yep. And she finds out that not only is Derek dead, but that she did, in fact, lose her baby. Yep, that's right. And uh, I remember thinking in, in that, like, moment, like, huh, okay, why didn't he kill her? That's what I was thinking, too. So we, at this time, we are introduced to Detective Kakoa Shaw and his partner, Regina. Yep. Um, I can't remember Regina's last name, but Me it doesn't either. matter. Yeah. Um, what did you think of of those two characters? Okay. Um, I did think that Detective Kakoa was cute. I definitely <laughs> did think that, yes. I was like, hello. <laughs> um I, I I actually don't I didn't really think much of them either way. I didn't I didn't disagree with them as far as casting. They seem to play the part fine. See, this you is, didn't. No, I, tell. I feel like Regina is like. I feel like she was doing a bad impression of Wanda Sykes. Okay, I could see that. I could see that. Like she was trying to play this sarcastic kind of cop character, but it just was not good. Yeah, and same with Kakoa. Like he's a good-looking guy, but yeah. Definitely not winning any Oscars. No. But Sorry. I mean, what do you expect out of a horror film? Like, I, I, I don't expect, like, stellar acting. I mean, I do. <laughs> I know. Make me believe that you're a detective. Make me believe. Make me believe. <laughs> I, I just wasn't feeling it. And I felt like their acting was a little... Yeah, subpar. I, I agree yeah. with that. I agree with that. I think, to me, though, it meant my expectation of what those roles would be like. So I, I wasn't disappointed, but I totally can understand what you mean by that. Yeah. So at this point, Madison gets released from the hospital and she goes back to her house. Her sister, Sydney is like, let me stay with you. I don't care about work. I don't care about anything. Just let me be here for you. And Madison's like, no, I'm going to do this on my own. And uh, so, first of all, would you go back into a house that, like, your husband was just murdered in by some creepy-ass scary person? You know, honestly, I don't think that I could. No. I didn't know that. But how long was the time span on that? Because wouldn't there still be, like, caution tape? from the cops and like you think scene so uh, there wasn't much 
it was like a day and that was it. Yeah. Well, I know they say when the detective comes to the hospital question, Maddie, and the sister comes in and says, she hasn't spoken for two days. So I guess that's how we know it's been only a few days total by the time she goes back home. I would still think, though, that it would take a little bit more time for the cops, but... Yeah. Um, but she goes. She goes. In. Yep. And as soon as she gets back in there, like, already, like, shit's happening. So just that night, after she gets out of the shower, she happens to look out the window. She sees something that catches her eye. And as she's looking, the fog kind of dissipates and you see, once again, a shadowy figure. And the lights start to flicker. So you know something is about to happen. Mm-hmm. And what did happen? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. She literally Nothing happened. Just, yeah, she like closed all of the curtains. Yep. She ran to the doors, tried to lock windows and doors. But she did notice that one of the doors were open. Yeah. And once again, if I saw that, I'd be out of there. Be out of there. But she closes it and then it opens again. And she's like, eh, that's so crazy. Like, I'm scared, but not <laughs> enough gonna, to like get out of here. Yeah, I'm just going to go back up to my room and lock that door. Yep. I'm tired. I'm going to bed. <laughs> but I like then how the next morning she woke up and she was like on a mission. So she like barricaded everything um, yeah. and got extra locks. But at this point, there's a very important conversation between that's right the two sisters, um, and Madison tells Sydney, dun dun dun, that she's adopted, adopted, adopted at the age of eight, and her adoptive mom told her that her mom died in childbirth. Yep, and Sydney's like, what? And they just pan on her face in a stunned, shocked, and then that's it. Cut to the next scene. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. in my mind, that tell right there is now I know that the shadow figure and Madison are connected. So at that point, I'm trying to like, I'm making my own, like, I'm thinking to myself, okay, they're connected. So they're either... At that point, I, I had a strong suspicion they were like siblings of some type. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how, but that's that's when I first kind of knew, okay, wait. And that took down the scary factor a lot for me. Exactly. Once, once I started to kind of like realize, okay, this isn't supernatural necessarily. It kind of is, but it's not. But I didn't know for sure. But that was like, that conversation made me go, okay, something is going on here with her from before eight exactly and yeah we, we don't know what that is yet yeah did so you then, sense that then too so well I mean as soon as I saw the socks I was like okay so they've got to be siblings yeah but then I I called out what it it was and then after the movie done, I was like, dang, you called it. So you you called the actual reveal. Uh, you knew yeah. that's what it was going to be. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, well, You're on it like, with your scary movies. I was just like spitting out stuff. Yeah. 
And I said that. And then and just, it, that's, and that's what happened. But um, we then cut to a woman giving a tour about this Seattle underground. Yep. And um, I had never heard of this. So I, I'm wondering if this is true about the underground city. Yes, it's true. That's so cool. That's why I texted you. I was for reals. Like, let's do a girl's trip there. That is so cool. So the Seattle Underground, there's basically an underground city because there was an earthquake that happened in Seattle. And instead of rebuilding the rubble, they built above it, above it and a story above it. Yeah. So that way they don't have to worry about flooding and they just kind of built new. Yeah. City. Yeah. Um, she starts to close up. Everyone's leaving. Everyone's already gone. And she starts to turn off the lights, but she hears something in the distance. Yep. And of course it's in the dark. Of course. And the lights start to flicker that are on. And she tries to find out what it is. She gets scared. She starts running. But it was too late. (laughs) She was captured, but she was not killed. Not killed, which I was surprised about. Me too. I did not know where that was going. But was tied up. Tied up. Gagged. And then... That's it. We don't know what happened to her until the end. Exactly. And she gets like hung up in some place. Oh, but the shadow figure said something that I thought was kind of crazy. Um, he said, I can't, I can't tell you how long I've waited for this, but not yet. First, oh. Dr. Weaver. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And then we see Dr. Weaver in current time, and she's in her home office, her very nice home, by the way. And can I also say that all of the homes were nice? Even the apartments were, like, freaking amazing. I know. I'm like, wow, must be nice. I know. I know. But anyway, we see Dr. Weaver. Her phone rings. Who else is it? It's just Gabriel. He just wants to say, what's up? Yeah, just like, hey. And then he's like, hey, Dr. Weaver, it's time to cut out the cancer. And I love it. Dr. Weaver's like, what the hell? Who is this? Like, (laughs) what? Like, that didn't give you a clue? I know. It feels like uh, Scream at the opening when he's like, do you want to play a game? Like, what's your favorite scary movie? And it's just like, what? It feels like (laughs) silly. Like, She's like, you know, the cancer, cut it out. She's like, huh? Who is this? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. Yeah. So he hangs up. These movies. Oh, man. Um, but then we're kind of transported back to Madison in her home. And she's doing laundry. She's picking up dirty clothes. Yep. Um, and as she makes her way down to... The laundry room. Yeah, her laundry room. Yep. She, does she fall? No, she's like putting laundry into her washing machine. 
and, and in the door of the washing yes, machine the best scene also that was cool <laughs> we see dr weaver's face and she's just up screaming ah yeah and, and she's like oh my god yeah, yeah what the hell back. and then she's frozen she yeah. can't move and the room kind of like melts yeah away and we're like in dr weaver's home again and madison is stuck in the same spot and she sees this shadow figure coming right like from behind her right she's she's basically witnessing the shadow figure killing dr weaver in the kitchen yeah yeah and she's like horrified like what the hell am i seeing like what's happening and then boom like dr weaver's killed like and then she boom wakes up back in her own home Mm -hmm. madison and she's now confused like what did i just see that felt very real that this figure has decided what its weapon of choice is going to be yes and that is a trophy that Dr. Weaver received or an award. And it's like this long like blade and it had like, is it a snake or something like wrapped around it? Yes. And he just made it into a shank. Yeah, that's right. We have a whole scene where he's like sawing it and like making it some sharp knife. It's like, what is happening? Where is this all happening at? Exactly. Yes. And so the cops get to the scene and they do all their stuff that they do. Yep. And Detective Kakoa comes across like all of her case files and decides that they're going to take all of them and look through them. Yeah. And see if they get any clues about what's going on or who did this. Exactly. They're doing it. The I think the very last file, is it, that he went through? He found a picture of a little girl. Yeah. Yep. And the second we see the picture, we know the little girl is the, the woman it's grown up Maddie. It's and you know, yeah, they give her the exact same hairstyle. Can I just say, okay, so in the movie, um, Kakoa gives the picture of the little girl to... Uh, if he's like a forensics guy or if like he's like... A sketch artist type Yeah, person. he's like a yeah. sketch artist, but like you do it on the computer now. It, exactly. So yeah. he does an age, uh, age up of this photo, 30 years, right? Yeah. And it turns out to look exactly like Madison. I mean... To I a know. T. To a T. It's basically you just took a picture of her and put it there. I'm like, really? <laughs> I mean, uh, the bangs and I mean, just everything. Everything. <sighs> like, it was silly. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess we both, that's all we could say about that. Yeah. <laughs> but now Dr. Weaver's dead. Yep. And next we see Victor Fields who was another colleague of Dr. Weaver in his apartment. Yep. 
and it's it's nighttime and he's talking on the phone with another colleague that was there at the time John Gregory um and they're both just I think John Gregory is really upset over the death of Dr. Weaver and Victor is trying to calm him down um and Victor turns and notices that his window is open yep and when he gets closer he sees that there's a little puddle of water yep and not only is there a puddle but there's footsteps like at this point again wouldn't you just be a little bit like concerned i would not go towards like the same direction as (laughs) the footprints (laughs) and as he's looking at these footprints it leads to the closet and the light was on and then it turns off yeah and that would be my cue to run yeah but no of course he's gonna grab a towel like a sensitive person and just mop up the water yes he cleans it up closes the window yeah closes the window and we see gabriel i mean we see the shadow figure uh, in the room again uh and then again we go back to madison she's in her room in her bedroom she's sleeping yep and all of a sudden we see like a red flashing light. Yep. And then that's what kind of, I think, wakes her up. And she screams because as soon as she opens her eyes, it's Victor. Yeah. She's like weirdly sleeping next to Victor, who is like a sound asleep at this point. He's not dead. He's just sound asleep. And mm-hmm. I mean, that'd be pretty terrifying to wake up next to like a strange man. <laughs> <laughs> Although it has happened before. (laughs) You know. Uh, Let's hear that story later. Um, But of course, she can't move. Yep. And we see the shadow figure. I guess, can we just call him Gabriel now? Let's just call him Gabriel. I mean, you kind of already said it. I've I've messed it up already. (laughs) Um. But we see Gabriel kind of climb over her again to get to Victor. Yeah. And then, of course, he does his thing. Yeah. And he, like, jumps on top of him and, like, stabs him with the new knife he's made. And it's pretty gruesome. Now, I think our friend Maddie knows, like, something. She's seeing these things. She needs to reach out to her sister and they need to go talk to the police. Which, and they try to convince Kokoa and Regina to go to the scene of the crime. And if she's lying, she's, you know, they can put her in jail and, you know, but if she's telling the truth, then her, right? Yeah. And they... The cops go there and they don't know what apartment it is exactly. So they have to go door to door and they get to the last room and they notice that the door is already open. Yep. And this is where we get the first tour of a really nice apartment in Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was so spacious. Yeah. Well, he's a doctor. He did well for himself. I really liked it. Yeah, it was nice. Um, 
But of course, they find his dead body. Yeah, and that wasn't so great. So, like, oh, awkward. No. Apartment nice, dead body not so good. Yeah. So then they're back at the station now, and they're like kind of getting a little suspicious of Maddie. Like, how did you know? You know, they're not really believing her story of like, I'm seeing these things, but I don't understand. And then she's like, I need to be excused to the bathroom. She goes to the bathroom. And her phone rings, and it's an unknown caller. Uh, but the lights start to flicker, so lights know. are flickering. We know who it is. She answers, and it's Gabriel. Well, the shadow still at the shadow at this time, and he's like, "What did he say?" Uh, he didn't. He say he called her Emily. Something's Emily. she's like what he's like you know who this is and she's like no I really don't he's like you know and then she's like no I don't Gabriel stop and he says uh interesting so I had to write it down he said you let them tell you I wasn't real I was just a voice and you believed well now I'm going to make them pay one by one yes and that's when she said Gabriel no yeah and she was like how the hell did I know that name? Yeah, wait a second. What? And then she's like, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> I better get out of this police department. <laughs> uh, and then she, like, runs out and she sees that Kakoa and Sydney are chatty chatty. Yeah, well, something's some starting to brew there. Yes. And then um, we already talked about it, but Bosco, who was the artist, uh, was like, yeah, yeah, I can't believe you already brought her in because she looks just like a picture. And he was like, wait, you left me the photo, blah, blah, blah. And then he was like, oh, dang, he's a patient or she's a patient of Dr. Weaver. Yeah. So he's starting to slowly kind of put the puzzle pieces together. Exactly. Meanwhile, Maddie and Sydney head out to mom's house. Mm, get some answers to be like mom do you anything about the like before I was here and I mean a Gabriel ring a bell and the mom looks horrified like oh crap I know then she takes them inside and she has a video of the like daughter being crazy talking to this Gabriel who they said was an imaginary friend yeah and I have to say that this part was sad because she was like the mom was like, all you wanted was a birthday party, but nobody showed up. I know. And Madison's like, yeah, everybody thought I was a freak. Yeah, I mean, she was. So it's <laughs> sad, but true. <laughs> yeah, but there was like weird conversations going on. And um, at yes. that time, her mom was pregnant with yeah. Sydney. And Gabriel was always telling her to hurt the baby yeah and she was always resisting yeah and, so she, yeah and then the mom said something that i thought was kind of kind of threw me off just a little bit because she was like you know we thought you created him to protect you from whatever you went through whatever trauma right through you needed to create something to protect you as much as possible. Right. And so at that point I was like, okay, wait, what did she go through? 
Yeah. Me too. I questioned and like, okay, what was so traumatic? Then I thought back to the opening scene. I'm like, okay, she was in that room. Like because of the socks and because we knew that the doctor had said Gabriel, we knew that they were both in there. She saw anything like what we saw at the beginning, that Gabriel was some kind of like foreign looking, disfigured, alien-y kind of thing. That seems pretty traumatic. So. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I'm at this point, I'm still trying to like connect all the ways, like the dots here. Exactly. Um, and then it kind of keeps going back and forth between her and also Kakoa because he's going through everything again and he finds flash drives. Yep. From Dr. Weaver. And he manages to find out that the next victim is going to be John Gregory. Yep. Who was the last of the three doctors that worked on this uh, patient. Exactly. Uh, And then so we see Madison again. She's back at home. And she's brushing her teeth. Once again, a creepy scene where she just happens to look in the mirror. And it's not her reflection. It's John Gregory. Yep. Lights are flickering. She's frozen again. Can't move. Now we're in John Gregory's bathroom. Yep. And we see the shadow figure come out again. And do his thing. Yep. But at the same time, Kokoa is racing to the apartment. Yep. Which, by the way, this is another nice apartment. It was. Yeah. This is actually fancier than Victor Very Hill's fancy. apartment. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, I like the lighting in there. Oh, the light. yes. Dang. I know. Um, and so he's racing there. But by the time he gets there, he realizes it's too late. Yep. Doctor's yeah. dead in the bathtub. Exactly. And then Madison sees Kokoa and is trying to tell him that he's the shadow figure is still in the room and he yeah. needs to leave. And I mean, for some reason, Kokoa did not listen. No. I don't know if it's because he could not hear her, but still. I feel like that's what it was. It's like, hello. <laughs> no one thinks to look up. I always look a huge chase scene happens. Huge chase scene. And Kakoa is trying to chase down the shadow figure. He does some acrobats and falls on a garbage can and or dumpster. Yeah. And they just do so much running. I don't think they do a lot lot of running. running. I yeah, first of all, I wouldn't have even done like the beginning of what he did in that chase scene. No. But um I was like, okay, this Gabriel definitely has kind of like these, not superpowers, but this ability to be very like flexible and bouncy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And did you notice the way that he kind of, he walks? It's like words, but for him, it's forwards. Yeah. Like very, very awkward moving when he's moving around exactly um and so they end up at the um underground city yep like the the shadow figure has led kakoa into this room full of old horse-drawn carriages 
Yep. And uh, the shadow figure tries to run him over with one. <laughs> I know. There's uh, a lot of fog all of a sudden in that room as well. <laughs> there's fog all over this movie. I'm like, wow, all of a sudden the fog really intensifies. Uh, <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, the yeah. shadow figure gets away. Gets away. It goes back to Madison's house. And Regina and Sydney are also there. And Kakoa lets Madison know that she was part of a study. Her real name is Emily May. Yeah. And that Dr. Weaver, Fields, and Gregory were all treating her. Yeah. And he suggests that she sees a hypnotherapist yeah. to help her remember what happened. Right. During that time. Yep. And so she agrees, and under she goes, and she's basically now back in her parents' home where the mom is about to give birth to Sydney soon. Mm-hmm. And you see her, like, having a lot of conversations with Gabriel on, like, a play phone. And he's, like, telling her basically to, like, kill the baby. Yeah. And he lets her know that I think the one conversation that they had was that he wanted to give the mom a surprise in air. Right. Um, they want to surprise her with a slice of cake. And I think uh, Madison had got in trouble for ruining the cake for her mom earlier that day. Right. But she claimed she had, she was blaming Gabriel. And so it sounds like, Things were happening in the family, and every time they would obviously blame her because she's the only person there. But she would say, "No, it's not her. It's Gabriel." Like so freaky. Like you said, he tells her to cut her a slice of cake. So she's like, "Okay, well that seems nice." She goes and gets a huge knife, and she's like about to cut this pretty little cake, and then all of a sudden the room again melts, and now she's in the parents' room. And there's like right above her mom, right above her mom's belly, where the baby is. Yeah, with a huge knife. And the and mom then, wakes up and she's like, "What the hell?" And then the little girl starts screaming, and Maddie is screaming as an adult. But did you notice that her first screams that we hear when we cut back to her as an adult, those screams sounded like the little girl. Oh, I didn't catch that. I, I watched the movie twice, so I got, <laughs> <laughs> I got it. But I thought that was like super Ooh, That is. Yeah, yeah. And then it kind of goes back to her normal voice. Okay. She remembers that Gabriel wanted her to kill her baby sister so he could have Madison all to himself. Yeah. And Regina is like, wait, are you telling me that the killer is your imaginary friend? Right. She's like, what? No, I don't know. <laughs> I can't explain it. She's like, she doesn't know. She, yeah, I don't think she has put everything together yet herself. Yeah. Um, and we cut back really quick to the lady who's tied up. Yep. She's still tied up. She's still gagged. She manages to free herself. And then she falls through the floor. Yeah. 
and he <laughs> falls all the way down to the ground floor, which is Madison's living room where they're all at. Right yeah. Now. Like they were all there. I was like, oh my God, that was a surprise to me that she was in that house. <laughs> yes, because the whole time I thought that she was at the underground. Me too. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. So naturally they like arrest Madison on the spot. Like, yes. you've had this lady. Then they're like going through her house. They find Gabriel's uh, outfit that he wore <laughs> the whole movie when he was committing his crimes. They find the murder weapon looking good for her i mean it really does point to her being the one exactly so the lady who fell is in a coma now in the hospital maddie is taken to like a a jail mm-hmm. and kakoa finds out that the lady in the coma is none other than is serena may who is Madison's mother, birth mother. Birth mother. And uh, Sydney is like, I'm going to go up to that uh, hospital and I'm going to find some answers. I have some things to say about that scene as well. Okay. So yes, Sydney has taken it upon herself to find the answers. And I applaud that because that's her sister. Mm Mm-hmm. But the only parking spot that she could find is on a cliff. Like, literally. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was so easy for her to just walk right in. Yeah. And like all the files on all these patients were just still left there. Yeah. Easy for her to find. Right. Very easy. Yeah. Uh, and then on that note too, Sydney happens to find her sister's file. And he starts to read the notes and it says one of the things that she reads is absorption in utero grows in sync with patient. So that's another clue that we get. Yeah. Um, And she happens to find a whole bunch of EHSs. Yep. And I'm assuming she just took the box and, and, and left. Me too. Because the next minute we know she's back at the mom's house. And they're about to watch those videos. Uh-huh. Plot twist is revealed. Yes. So the first video that they watch, they find out it, it's an interview between Serena May and Dr. Weaver. And Serena tells Dr. Weaver that she was raped. Um, and she has, she has to give up the babies. Um, her mother said that he was an abomination. Yeah. And then she said, please save Emily. Yeah. And that's another clue we get. Yep. Uh, so where are we now? So they watched that video. Yeah. And it's now we're starting to do two storylines. We're having them watching these videos. And then we're also back at the jail cell will like some poor ladies i know i feel like they were every stereotype for sure i mean literally in plain sight it's all stereotypes yeah i was like first of all did that one lady get her mullet from your halloween bag (laughs) i was like i mean it looked 
exactly like the one you wore for Halloween once. I was looked ridiculous. And yeah, they like for no reason at all. They're like going to start like picking on her because she looks too perfect to be in here. And how awkward was it with that one lady just peeing? I know. <laughs> I'm like, really? And you're going to drip dry? Like, why, why not toilet <sighs> paper? I don't like it. She's not going to put on her back her underwear. She's not going to put back on her underwear. She put back on her underwear. Oh, God. So already I was like grossed out. Um, But now they're starting to like taunt her and push her around. She's starting to get angry. Or she's starting to get like hurt. And you can tell like something's the lights start to flicker. Yeah, because they were like literally now just beating her up. They were kicking her uh, while she was on the ground. Exactly. All of a sudden, she, like, is on her knees, and she, like, starts to scream, and she's, like, holding the back of her head. Yep. But then we cut back to Sydney and the mom watching the video. Which is another VHS that she put in. Yes. And this one is Dr. Weaver is talking with Emily. Yep. And she's trying to reassure her that she gave Gabriel a sedative, so he's sleeping, and she wanted to have a private moment. Yeah. And she asks Emily why she's becoming more violent. And Emily says it's because Gabriel is telling her to do it and to hurt people. And she said that Gabriel makes her strong so she can take out people who are twice her size. Right. And at this point in the video, Dr. Weaver kind of points to the cameraman to kind of come with her. And she's walking around um, towards the back of Emily and she has a needle and she injects it into something in the back. Right. Yeah. The camera then. Well, she says it's time. It's time to wake Gabriel up. Oh, yes. And then we she pokes him with the needle and then we hear this growling this like ah, yeah and the camera pans around and dun 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 she has a twin growing out of her backside (laughs) (laughs) it's a parasitic twin parasitic twin so you can see like the rib cage the little t-rex arms uh and like a face growing out of the back of her skull but, it's but it wasn't all... even like a face. It was like, oh, it was like this from... weird. It looked like the aliens guy in Aliens, <laughs> like the little version, <laughs> like just so weird and deformed. But I looked up, like, can is that something that could really happen? Yes, and it actually is a thing. Yeah, it's called an extreme version called a teratoma Mm -hmm. so it's a tumor and it says it's consisting of hair teeth muscles and bones yeah parasitic twin i'm like what that is disturbing as hell yeah i feel like there's there was a whole special i don't remember if it was on tlc or where i saw it but i swear there was a special about someone who actually has that so crazy i it in one of the things i read um i guess there's been 14 cases of children 
with an intracranial teratoma as of 2008. That's so crazy. Isn't that terrifying? And it's so interesting because it doesn't present itself when they're born. It actually doesn't present until like they're around 10. Uh, Did you read with these kids? Do they, do they have similar things that the character Emily did where she could hear it or feel like what they were thinking? I don't know. I did not get into their like cases because I was already like, Oh, you know what? (laughs) Some things are best unknown. (laughs) (laughs) But I think here too, we learn some very important things as they're kind of these two storylines are going to come together as one. Yeah. Dr. Weaver says that Gabriel can control what Emily sees. So it's like, she's in a waking dream. Right. Uh, And then Victor Fields says that Gabriel can trick her into thinking she's living her life as usual, that he puts her in a mental prison while Gabriel has hijacked her body and is using it himself. Right. So they decide because of that to cut it out. So then we cut to a operating scene. Yeah. Where they're like, basically they cut as much of the guy off as they can. And like what they can't get off, obviously from the brain, because they'll think she'll die. They like shove it into her skull and they like cover it up. Because that would make it all better. (laughs) Shove it down. Just debury it like everything else in life. (laughs) Bury it. And sew her up and send her off to get adopted. Bye. I think everything's okay now. (laughs) She's healed. Mm, turns out they were wrong and just now that we know the story then we cut back to the jail and like you said she's holding her head and then all of a sudden the head like rips open in the back and out pushes like gabriel's disfigured face and he's like and yeah exactly that's exactly what he he went (laughs) (laughs) and he kind of like just takes over her body right and yep it's like this weird discombobulated movement where he's like making his like changing her body so that what is what was forward and would be backwards is now forward exactly the feet are still pointing a normal way but he's walking with like heel first instead of toe first exactly yeah and basically he just those people and just takes them out. Yeah. He basically opens a can of whoop ass on all those women and he like kills them all basically. <laughs> and then the like security guard comes and he was able to like kill him and get the keys and escapes. And at this point, Sydney's now back with all her information and she comes to the prison and or the jail and um, she comes in just after like Gabriel has like destroyed the entire place and she finds like Kakoa and Regina on the floor. Yeah. And she's like, Oh my God, you know, it's, this is happening. And they're like, Regina's hurt, but she's like to Kakoa, just go. And they now know that she's most likely Gabriel's most likely on the way to the hospital mm-hmm. where the mom is. Oh gosh. 
So we're coming to the end of the movie, guys. This is the final crescendo. (laughs) And I feel like at this point, like once we know that it's a parasitic twin, I just feel like it just kind of gets a little ridiculous. Me too. Now I'm like, okay, cut that twin out. So they, uh, Sydney gets there first and she's trying to get in. And then the security guard is like, no, I can't let you in. Uh, But then, okay, so maybe you can let me know about this because I had questions about this. So the security guard ended up dying. Yeah. But before he died, he was mentioning his pacemaker. He said it felt like it was burning. Yeah. Did he, did his pacemaker explode or did he get shot or stabbed? that his pacemaker because it's electric blew up right was blowing yeah was like basically blowing up inside because like gabriel can like mess with that kind of frequency stuff yeah it wasn't clear I but then like he got shot clear. but then he got shot or something happened because he got hit in the like top part of his shoulder but that's why i thought that he was stabbed because gabriel made himself uh, visible maybe. and maybe stabbed him it's funny because, like, we never have seen him be invisible before, but we don't actually even see him. We just see him get slit. You're right. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a gunshot. Like, I didn't really get, sh- like, what That's what I happen. thought, too, but there was no gun. Yeah, there's no gun. That's a good point. Uh, but anyway. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Sydney, like, runs inside, and uh, Gabriel's in there, and the mom wakes up Magic. out of the coma all of a sudden and just magically wakes up pulls off and says gabriel i'm so sorry i I should have loved you i should have loved you (laughs) and i'm like like are you seeing the face i'm seeing because like even his face was not a face only a mother could love i'm sorry (laughs) and like and for a minute we think gabriel's like oh that's all i ever needed to hear and he would have been like my bad oops forgive me (laughs) but no but no he's like you know what i still want to kill everybody um and so he like goes after like sydney and sydney's i think yeah i think kakoa comes in at this time oh yeah kakoa comes in that's right and shoots at gabriel that's right and sydney's like no don't because you're gonna kill her and we clearly see that gabriel is shot and it goes to Madison who's kind of in her prison looking at what's happening and she looks down and sees that she has a hole through and through yep see Gabriel throw the blade his 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 weapon he throws it at Kokoa and boom in the shoulder yeah and then um Sydney gets Kakoa's gun. Yep. And she's confronting Gabriel. And he takes the hospital bed and kind of like throws it on her. Yep. And now she's pinned. And then yeah. he grabs the gun. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he comes up to Sydney over the bed with the gun to her head. And he's like, I want to kill you. And she's like, No, Maddie, I know you're in there. And boom, shoots her in the head. And then but comes over remember, to the mom. Remember what she says to Madison first before that happens? What does she say? She says that 
Gabriel is the reason why she's been oh, having yes. miscarriages. That yes. he was feeding off of them to gain strength. My God, I'm so glad you remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when we see Madison try to like take control of her body. Yeah. Where she like makes a fist. But at this point, we go back to yes, he shoots yep. Sydney and he comes for his mom. Yep. His hand over her mouth and yep. suffocates her. And she's dead. And then exactly then the room melts around gabriel and he's like what the heck what's happening yeah and and in walks maddie yep and she's like i'm in control now yep you are not in control and you're gonna live in a world that i create and madison puts him in like this jail deep in her mind yep and he's like i'm gonna get out of here one day and she's like i know you will but i'll be ready for you this time and then that made me thought okay so is it gonna be a malignant too oh you know there's gonna be a malignant (laughs) too you know it and then she comes out of it and she's able to lift the bed off of sydney because she still has that strength in her and then they I felt like that was so cheesy. First of all, she's not going to be able to move that bed. Yeah. And what happened to her gunshot wound? I know. I guess uh, it's okay. Magically, she healed herself. It's a flesh wound. Uh, (laughs) And they embrace. And that's the movie. And I felt like, too, that the... um, That last scene lasted a little too long. Because... Serena's like still in bed just looking at them and she's smiling and then she turns away and is just like all right it was so weird I was like what the hell with the mom smiling like that it felt really bizarre really Uh, but uh yeah so I guess stay tuned for uh Malignant 2 coming to a theater near us sometime soon uh, I, I will say that I think the movie is entertaining and I think that, you know, there's a lot of good jump scares. Yeah. The, once again, I said it before, the camera work in this movie is, is pretty awesome also. Okay. Well, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 71%. So, you know. I, I, w- I would do the same. You'd agree with that? Yeah. I, I yeah. would still recommend to watch it just because, you know. Like I Why said. not? So I'm going to give it chopsticks up. All right. I'm probably going to give it like three fifths, fist pumps out of five. Yeah. So Yeah. It's definitely a <clears throat> Yeah. Plus. Honestly, it's a, it's a good scary movie to reintroduce yourself to scary movies. Because <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't too scary once you kind of like got what was happening. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, before we get off, thanks everyone for sticking with us. I know that was a long podcast, but we really went deep on this movie. Uh, what do you have for dinner? Oh, um, so like everyone knows, you know, we're, you live in California. I'm from California, living in Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of the restaurants that I love that I can no longer have is Togo's 
Yes. Which is like a sandwich shop. And so Donnie and I are going to try and recreate a Togo's number three, which is a turkey and cheese sandwich. So we got like French bread and we're going to, you know, the lettuce, tomato, cheese, turkey. Well, sounds like it'd be amazing if you could get it for yourself, like recreate it. I know. So that's what we're going to try and do. Oh, my God. That is really weird because tonight for dinner, we're having a place called Jersey Mike Subs. <laughs> oh, my God. There's a Jersey Mike's here. Oh, really? We like them. Yeah. That's the closest thing yeah. to Togo's that we have here. Yeah. I love Jersey Mike's. Yeah. Jersey, it's really them. good. It is really good. expensive. It is expensive. So <clears throat> once in a while, we're like, okay, we'll get it. But it's super what, yummy. Yeah. What do you get there? I get um, the turkey and uh, Oliver gets the roast beef and then August gets the Italian classic. Ah. Now, do you like do like Mike's way with like all of the stuff on there? Um, I don't do the onions, but I do like the sauces that they put on. Yeah. Like the vinaigrettes and all that. Mm -hmm. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. It's super yummy. But it's like 90 something degrees out right now. And... Since, you know, August is gone, I'm like, I don't really want to cook. <laughs> no, so. it's Sunday. It's the weekend. It's the weekend. I'll get to it this week. Exactly. Anyway. Perfect. That's our movie, Malignant. See it if you can. Thanks, you guys, for listening. And once again, we'd love to hear from you. What, what are your favorite movies? What should we see next? Uh, you can email us at hellagoodmoviepod at gmail.com. Thanks.